Welcome to the Fearless Female Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Katerina Cormas, mindset and confidence coach for fabulous women just like you. I'm here to help you attract in more of what you desire in life and business, more wealth, more joy, success, confidence, soulmate clients, and all the abundance you can imagine. This podcast is all about your evolution, your evolution to becoming the woman that has all she desires. This is where you become untethered from the fears and the doubts and the limiting beliefs holding you back right now, and instead embodying the mindset, beliefs, thoughts, and actions that will bring you to your next level goals, dreams, and success. If you're ready to step into your next level confidence and fearlessly create the life and business of your dreams, then you're exactly where you're meant to be. This is where you get your weekly dose of paradigm and mindset shifting insights that will help you change the way you see yourself and all you're capable of manifesting in your life and business. So if you're ready to get started, let's begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fearless Female Entrepreneur Podcast. I am super excited about today's episode. I am joined today with Heidi Romer, and she is a life coach specializing in trauma and somatic therapy using breath work in both integrative and deep meditative practices to help you up-level life, raise the threshold of well-being, and regulate your nervous system. Heidi has been diving deep into non-traditional healing modalities, and the journey has healed her from clinical depression, anxiety, panic attacks, complex PTSD, hypervigilance, and she has been medication-free for three years. Heidi and I had the pleasure of being in a mastermind, a year-long mastermind together last year. Um, I've gotten to know her. She is absolutely amazing, has so much knowledge. I'm super excited because we have not really do- dove into this topic on the podcast yet, so I can't wait to bring this to all of you. And so, yeah, welcome, Heidi. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yay. Yay. So yeah, I mean, we we spent a whole year together. <laughs> it went fast. <laughs> it went fast. It went fast. But it's interesting to see the evolution when you're in a group together and you're all evolving and learning so much about yourself. And yeah. How yeah. I feel like the last three months we started to really get out of our shell. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like it amped up and all of a sudden everything was amplified. <laughs> and then it was over. And then it was over. <laughs> it's like when uh, high school ends and you're like, you know, you're out on your own. You have no support. <laughs> you have no, your friends are gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. So you just have such an amazing story, but also the amount of modalities that you, you have and the knowledge that you have around um, somatic healing, like just emotional healing, traumatic healing. Um, it's not really a topic I've dove, in, dove into on the podcast, but also it's it needs to be a topic that's talked about so much more, I believe. Yeah, it's definitely needed. And so many of us don't even know about emotional intelligence and how to manage our own emotions and how that's separate from our mind and how they work together. 
Yeah. Yeah. Most people avoid their emotions at all costs. You know, we're taught as a society to just tamp those down a bit. Like, don't be emotional. You know, we're not taught that, oh, emotions are like the gateway, the window to so much of your stories you're telling yourself, your mindset. It's, you know, I know as a massage therapist, we keep so much of that stress and emotion in our body that I'll be giving a massage and people will just start crying. I have people that just start laughing and it's because they're releasing so much and it's coming out as the emotions that they've, they've held onto for so long. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely true. I have been one of those clients on the massage table. <laughs> just and that was before, <laughs> yeah. That was before I understood anything. I'm like, why am I such a mess? This is weird that I should be enjoying this. But yeah, your body does store everything that you've experienced and also all the inherited things, right? Yes. All the things that your parents and those before them have not processed through as well. So right. something can catch you by surprise. And they just pass it along to you. Just keep passing it along until somebody says, okay, let's not pass this along anymore. Let's just kind of get rid of this. Yeah. Being, just being willing to feel. That's yeah. all it takes. Yeah. So tell us about how you got into this. This was out of desperation. <laughs> it really came to, I had a life journey of overcoming childhood sexual trauma and um, managing myself around that. And it has only been in the last three years that I've really gotten traction and felt a difference. Hence the three years of being medication free, but it took me um, to the darkest abyss to experience what I've experienced. And I had to open myself up to non-Western therapies because I tried all of the hypnotherapy, MDR therapy, um, different cognitive therapies, and nothing was working. I was still clinically depressed, having panic and anxiety attacks constantly. And I just didn't want to live. And I had no reason. I, I didn't know why I didn't want to live. I didn't know why I was so depressed because I was like, yeah, okay, I experienced certain things. It's not a big deal, whatever. But I didn't understand a, a totally different way of going about it in that, yeah, I might understand it mentally, but I haven't worked through whatever that has created within me and those filters and layers um, because each and every experience we have in this life, it creates a filter, right? A lens in which we look through and it changes our capacity to see life as well. So sometimes the filters that are put on, we don't want to see how we're creating our own pain, or we don't want to see how anger is hiding the fear or the vulnerability that we feel when we're hurt. So instead we get angry. So there's these patterns that we create because of the experiences that we have, <laughs> thus shifting and changing everything that we experience and how we see life. So um, I, in my journey, I was just desperate. I came to a point where I was, I did not want to live. I had plans to kill myself. I didn't know why. And it was a last ditch effort. So um, my husband being a pharmacist, he dove into alternative healing methods for depression and anxiety and one YouTube hole led to another and um, brought him to plant medicine. I was not open to that in the least. And um, it took me listening to different podcasts and things came into my life that ultimately led me to choosing plant medicine 
over the alternative of not wanting to live. I was desperate and that having never drank or done drugs at all, it was totally out of my scope because it's a psychedelic um, medicine from the Amazon, right? And that was not comforting to me. So I chose to go to a medically licensed facility where I felt supported the best way you can. <laughs> and um, it proved to be life-changing. And from there, I uh, dove into deep meditation with Joe Dispenza and then breath work as well. And I understood in the plant medicine, one of the last retreats that I went to, that breath work would be my practice, my daily practice to learn to trust myself and find safety in the breath. So I have totally taken that on and um, I'm doing a hundred day challenge right now, just with myself in what could happen in a hundred days with breath work. And I'm documenting it all. And I'm only on day seven, but it's been crazy amazing. Just the ahas and the understanding and what moves through me um, just by my willingness to breathe and move that energy. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a, that's like a hundred days of being so centered with yourself, like the most intimate relationship with yourself for a hundred days to really, you're really going inward and getting yeah. to know what's in there. Cause it's going to come out in the breath work. Yeah. And breath work is beautiful because it uses your body and your breath to work through and naturally Things come into your awareness, into your mind and your cognitive thinking of what you might be processing through or understanding the connections between things. So it works amazingly well for people like me who are more resistant to Western therapies and more cognitive therapies uh, because you go directly to your body and allow that energy to move with the breath because you're with the breath work, it the kind that I use is a deep meditative breath work. So I use an activating breath pattern and that makes your energy flow within your body. And it allows you to basically put yourself in a state of fight or flight mm -hmm. that you can control. So in that state, it brings up all of these triggered emotions that are trapped within your body and allows you to feel them, breathe through them, you know, because the only way to get to the other side is through. Yeah. And in order to stop living in these patterns that you find yourself in, that you're like, why the heck do I do this? You have to understand the emotion behind it and why it was created. So then you can breathe through it and watch that pattern fall from your life after the breath work is done. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I understand why. And you know, all of these different things, yeah. um, it just kind of opens up your mind because after you purge the emotion of it all, the clarity of mind comes and you have more capacity to think mm -hmm. clearly, to feel, um, and just to move through life with more flow. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, as a society, we don't talk much about our nervous system and emotions, like in the sense that everything we experience in life, we're reacting to in some way. So it could be like, this is a great experience and we're, it's totally aligned with, you know, something in us that makes us feel good. And we, we love those emotions and we're always trying to get to those emotions. But then the things that don't feel good for us that are traumatic experiences or our brain creates a story around them that's traumatic and, you know, cause it made us feel sad or whatever. We never want to go there, right? Mm -hmm. Because 
it, it's it's a bad feeling. It may if I, it, sometimes it creates that fight or flight response, that anxiety response, that panic response. We never want to go there. We're always trying to avoid it. But the only way to really work through it, because every experience we have, we attach a meaning to based on the emotion that we feel. And then that gets coded in our system, but it gets coded, not just in our minds, it gets coded in our nervous system, in our energy, like literally in our DNA, it becomes like the operating system of our computer, like our computer. And that's how we operate through. And I think a lot of people don't want to feel that uncomfortableness, but in order to be released from the thing that makes us uncomfortable is like, you have to get uncomfortable. But you have to right. literally face it head on and feel it, but yeah. with feel it without judgment. And I think that's not what us humans are good at because we're always judging ourselves for like feeling guilty or feeling mad or feeling whatever. And we shouldn't, and we shouldn't, we shouldn't. But really, if we can just let it flow and go there and actually feel the emotion and whatever, you know comes up and just allow it to release on its own. Like there is like this sense of peace after because really what our struggle is in the patterns is that we've never faced it. So we're always in this avoidance pattern. I don't want to ever feel that again. I don't want to ever feel, I don't want to experience this again, but yet you're still experiencing it because you're not actually facing it. Right. And then you create an identity around it. Yeah. Yeah. Identify as somebody who's depressed or who feels such and because of like we create stories instead of just separating ourselves from our emotions understanding we're having an emotional experience but it's not who I am and just something I need to experience to not be reminded every day that I feel this way yeah yeah it's kind of like a it's just self fulfilling cycle that we're in and like and we get stuck in that pattern and we keep like you know if something happened to us in the past you know and then all of a sudden we we filter through and all of a sudden we're self-sabotagers and we're always sabotaging ourselves we're always sabotaging ourselves because we're not willing to to, we've we've judged ourselves for being self-sabotaging but we stay in self-sabotage because it feels comfortable because we know that uncomfortable and so we don't face it because we know the uncomfortable. And what if it's no longer there? I think that's like another layer. Like what if this story I'm telling myself, this identity I have of myself is no longer there, then who am I? Yeah. Yeah, because we get comfortable in the pattern mm-hmm. of being uncomfortable in the pain or whatever we are moving through. But it can also be uncomfortable stepping out of that pattern. So identifying why it's uncomfortable is it uncomfortable because I'm in the pain of the pattern and I don't know why I'm living in the pattern or am I uncomfortable because I'm outside the pattern, I see the pattern and I'm working to shift the pattern and that's the uncomfort, the uncomfortable part. The healing uncomfortable part as opposed to the being in it uncomfortable part. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like grief. I have a client who I've been working with. Uh, she lost her mother and her sister mm-hmm. very close together and um, she was just She was grieving, but one day she, in our conversation, I I identified that her pain wasn't coming from grief. Her pain was because of resentment and regret. Mm. She was thinking about all the things she could have, would have, and should have done versus allowing herself to feel the loss Mm. of them not being present, of remembering the beautiful times, the love that they've offered, the two different kinds of pain, 
one you can get out of <laughs> the other one is going through the process of the grief yeah does yeah. that make sense yeah I often wonder though like or I, I wonder in this case like was it easier to be in it's kind of like you not that you use it as a crutch but you're kind of more comfortable having that resentment because you can control that compared to the grief which can be overwhelming you know what I mean yeah. Yeah, I think it's different for everybody. That's yeah. totally true for some. And I think others, it's an avoidance. Yeah. It's easier to think of what they could have done, right? The things that they could have controlled because now, I mean, there's there's no changing what is. Yeah. And it's almost like they don't want to acknowledge what is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it everyone creates different things according to what they've experienced. Yeah. because of their past, because of their experiences, because of those lens and filters that have been put on their yeah. reality. Yeah. Yeah. Intriguing to see how our minds work and how each and every one like interprets the same circumstance. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with that initial emotion you have in that circumstance. That is the first thing you create a story around. I felt this horribleness in this one event that meant something it must mean this and then we go through life <laughs> and I, I I did right. a hypnosis um last year I think it was and I, I always had this issue with feeling like I belong or feeling like I fit in always feeling like the outcast and I always had this one memory of a, on the playground when I was six and these kids were making fun of me on the playground. Like it was just horrible for a six-year-old. And all I wanted to do was play with everybody. And I already knew that's where I imprinted, right? The story was from there. But then we started going through other relationships I had with other people and other clients. And it was interesting how I had taken what I, that horrible feeling I had on that day and the story I had around that. And then every single friendship and relationship, I imprinted that story onto it because- that was my identity. I'm the outcast. Nobody wants to be friends with me. So when I am friends, well, they really don't want to be friends with me. And that was like this pattern. And it it took looking at that first story so differently and getting on, like actually going there and feeling it to heal it in order to then have the story shift in every way. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because in that moment, you didn't allow yourself to totally and fully experience the emotion of that reality of that experience. And so it gets trapped mm -hmm. and then it creates a pattern because there's a dissonance in your body and your, your body has to adjust. Right. So we create the pattern and that has to do with your nervous system. So bringing it back to the nervous system, um, you working through that, is basically reconnecting the parts that were disconnected in your nervous system, mm -hmm. allowing that to speak again and see, okay, we're safe. See this. It's okay. We're loved. We're, we belong. You know, those are some very core innate needs that we have. And um, whenever we experience something like this, you set a threshold for your nervous system. Mm -hmm. So that's why those that experience anxiety, um, or panic attacks, they find it becomes more and more and more frequent and they don't necessarily need a trigger. It's because their, their thresholds have been lowered. So any slight thing, they get thrown into that fight or flight or an anxiety attack. Um, and so the beautiful thing with breath work is you take them to the threshold 
have them breathe through and find safety in the discomfort, riding that line, right? And then bringing them back to safety in the breath, calming the breath just a little bit, and then going back to that threshold. So that's what I do with people with anxiety or panic attacks. And it's such a beautiful thing because afterwards, they not only, their threshold is raised, but then they feel like they can manage the anxiety and the panic, which takes out half of the anxiety and panic, knowing that there's a way out and that they themselves can manage that. I think half of the um, the panic is knowing that it's coming on and not knowing how to get out of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or not knowing when or how it's going to happen. Yeah. So it's super powerful to not only regulate and find new thresholds for the nervous system, but it also empowers them because it's not feeling separate from their body and like their body and mind are just going to do its own thing. And I don't know what to do with myself. It's them understanding that, oh my gosh, and I can control this with my breath Mm -hmm. and I can find safety here and I can bring myself back when I need through my breath. That's amazing. That's amazing. I never thought about it in terms of the threshold. I've had anxiety and panic attacks since I was in high school, I think. Um, And it's funny, I'll go years without, and then all of a sudden life changes. And yeah, and the more I have of them, the the more I have of them. (laughs) (laughs) Once once my body's triggered by one event, even if I haven't had one in a long time, I'm in the cycle of panic attack. Um, and it's right. like, and I had, you know, the anxiety of like, I'm just driving and all of a sudden, woof. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, and the filters that I explain are kind of like the eyes with which we have to see, but the things that we don't fully incorporate and experience and move through allow our body to assimilate and process the experience, the emotion of it, that then set something within our nervous system. So yes, it shifts how we see things, but then it also sets the thresholds for certain things. There's so many things in life that we have thresholds for, right? If you think about it, we worked with Alessandra and there were some things with money. Mm -hmm. Abundance has its own threshold. Our ability to give and receive love has a threshold. Our relationships have thresholds. Mothering, our ability to nurture we have a threshold, you know, every part of life, there's a certain way and capacity in which we have to move through that way, that area of life. And so if you think about it, breath can help regulate any aspect of life Mm -hmm. that you choose to shift and change. And the sky's the limit, like it's limitless, but I focus primarily on sexual trauma Mm -hmm. with women. And, um, that's, I know it's narrowed down, but it's also a bigger scope because of what I've experienced in childhood sexual trauma, um, betrayal trauma. There's uh, things with pornography, mm-hmm. you know, those women that are in relationships. Um, there's so much that comes up in how they interact with themselves because of having a partner who has an addiction. Right. And um, so sexual trauma it, is a big scope. And um I've decided to just step into that role and as uncomfortable as it is, I'm just now in the last couple of days felt so drawn to really claim that and go specifically uh, for these women, because I have so much experience in healing with my own life. And that is where my knowledge comes from because I've tried all the things and EMDR therapy was powerful, but at the same time I fought it like 
nothing else because it had to do with my mind and you had to sit in those experiences and see right these are just the emotions of it this is going through the body and the tools that I for example tapping the EFT Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like that was very helpful at all when I did it in my counseling and therapy sessions but now I find it as such a tremendous tool and one that I go to and lean on because now I know that what it's doing, right? They're just modalities to help you process and move through the emotions and the feelings and vibrations within your body. And I love tapping because you can vocalize as you're tapping and move through the different thoughts as you're moving through the feelings. And it's like one whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, I just have a lot of different tools and according to the client um, and what they're comfortable with is what I utilize. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point. Like there's always something for everybody, but not, it's not going to resonate with everybody. Right. So like breath work, people are going to do it and just fall in love with it. And other people, it's not going to be what they need. Right. They tapping might need be what they need. Therapy might be what they need. And it might, and it, I think it's the one thing about being human is we always think we have to stick to one thing. One thing works like, no, one thing works for now, but then mm-hmm. as you change and you evolve, something else is going to work. Or, you know, this might not work, but this will work. And then this will stop working and this over here will work. And it's just allowing yourself just to find those tools. And I think I did breath work with Alessandra and that was probably, it's, it is a powerful experience, but one of the most uncomfortable experiences of my life. And it's like interesting because it really gets uncomfortable. Like I, and I have to move my body. I can't just lay there. Like it's literally like a Hulk coming out of my body every time I do breath work. It's the only way I describe it. Like, I'm like, no, get out. And then afterwards, it's, there's like this utter calmness to it. Like, there's just like, it's like something leveled off in me. Like that's how it felt. And like, it was emotional, but then all of a sudden it was calmness. And the same thing happens. I do um, EFT, but I do Sarah Longoria's uh, rapid relief technique, which is like when you're triggered and you're in the emotion, like this person cut me off. And that's when you start to tap, like, I can't believe this freaking person talked me. And you like vocalize it, you get it out. But then all of a sudden the stuff comes up. Like, I'm so tired of people disrespecting me. And I can't believe she did that to me. And like, all of a sudden the stuff from like five years ago comes up because you're, you're like using that one trigger to, and like tapping. So it's coming out of your nervous system and your energy and every, your emotions. And it's like, okay, I can release all that stuff from like last yeah. week when somebody like <laughs> coming right. up in line or like <laughs> didn't go. Right. Out. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, our brain really isn't that helpful a lot of times, right? Because it was just created for safety. It's it's there to keep us safe and to help us reproduce and, <laughs> you know, just very animalistic things And because we're human. And you bring up a good point that once you're triggered, it brought up all the other valid times, right? It found evidence that <laughs> this is how I feel and this is why. And um, so I love thinking that Every trigger, every time you have an emotional experience, it's an opportunity because it's like there's a trap door in the floor and once it's cracked open, if you haven't processed through much, if you have a lot of crap down there, that door is flying open fast and a lot's coming out. That's why we get reactionary. That's why certain people are more reactionary than others 
right? Because they have so much down there. They don't want to experience it. They don't like that trap door being open at all. And honestly, that was me. That was me in pushing things down. I didn't understand myself mentally or in my body. And I was just shut off. Mm -hmm. And so I, your capacity shifts and changes. And that's why different tools will work because the mind stuff wouldn't work for me, but now it does. I can have ahas in the day and it's just like I was doing breath work Yeah, to where I'm like, Oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. I do this because of this. And this is why I show up this way and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's really funny because if you think about it, all these techniques are just nurturing yourself. It's literally like you're you're, it's like you're treating your five-year-old self in so many ways. Cause it's like, like I, I did therapy for years, social workers, psychologists, and honestly, like talking's fine, but I always still had the same emotions. Like the emotions never went away. And so I always seem to always talk about the same things over and over again, but they right. never really went anywhere because I was still like angry about it or frustrated about it or feeling crappy about it. And, and then I, it was only recently that I discovered these, you know, and it is for me, like, it's this, like, I get to care for myself for a moment. And I, I, it was interesting. I was watching the Instagram stories from somebody that does human design. And she said something really profound yesterday about our minds. She said, our minds were not ever meant to do like the analyzing and all of that. Like that is this, they were supposed to lead from our intuition, our heart, our soul, our gut the mind is only there to like express ourselves to the world and is for the outside world. But everything that we is that we lead with is really supposed to be inward. And I was like, yes, but this is the stuff that's damaged, (laughs) right? This is the stuff that impacts what's happening in the brain, right? The emotions are fight or flight responses. Our fears really are, they start with the emotion and the feeling and the nervous system, and then our mind goes, wait, oh, oh, wait, that feeling is bad. So I'm going to create a story. Right? It's, it's just like, if, yeah. even just feeling that the emotion is bad. Yeah. Right. I, you said something earlier that was key because I think, I believe the first step to healing is awareness. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware of something in order to change it. And the second key thing is awareness without judgment. Yes. Because the minute you judge your thoughts or your emotions or whatever came up, that trap door is slammed shut and your opportunity is gone mm-hmm. to work through anything because it's putting you back in that fight or flight. It's constriction. It's closing yourself off. The minute you judge something as bad, right? If you think it's good, then yeah, you can find safety in that. But it's also creating a story. Yeah. It just is. Emotions are experienced and you can't really manage that. It gets easier to manage when you have clarity because a lot of what I teach is how to manage your nervous system. And first you have to understand cognitively the awareness of when you're in fight or flight. And when you become aware of that, then you can take a step back and breathe manage whatever you're working through and understand that you're not going to be logical, reasonable, or rational. You're just going to be reactionary and worried about safety. Mm -hmm. So it's understanding when to take a step back, manage yourself, understand self, do whatever you need before you then 
begin to engage again in the world. And that helps so much in not only yourself and managing self, it really is a mastery of self, but it also helps you to become more understanding of others because you can see that someone else is triggered and you're like, okay, I'm off the hook. It does. It might've been me triggering them, but they're having their own emotional experience. Yeah. And it doesn't mean they don't love me. It doesn't mean anything about me. I'm going, I can sit here, hold space and allow them to experience without my judgment, because I know they're not going to be rational, reasonable, logical, or non-reactionary. So I am okay. Understanding that they are where they are. I can sit here somewhat in peace, knowing that, okay, I can recognize where they're at and it's okay. And I can either help them hold space or leave, right? Whatever is in your best interest. Um, But it kind of, it helps so much in mind management because we make so much mean something about ourselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or we insert ourselves in somebody else's story. Yeah. Or we have our own manual on how we we think they should be managing themselves. Yeah. When it, it really is just our own individuality and our own... Uh, experience through life that we need to work through and manage and being able to connect with those on the same wavelength and in the same realm of self-awareness is so powerful because we're able to uplift and understand and allow them to have their own experiences, their own uh, movement through things without needing to dull the pain, needing to understand them, needing, you know, because like, we find ourselves, I find myself in the need, right? Mm-hmm. I need others to understand me. I need to understand him before I can love him. I need, you know, and understanding self just allows me to strip away and understand what I'm moving through and why I'm going about it the way I am. Yep. And then helps me to understand if I'm living in a pattern or if I'm really being clear and intentional with what I'm moving through and how I'm going about it. Mm-hmm. Like, am I numbing or buffering or am I um, honoring what my body needs? Like it can look like the same thing. I think that you brought up so many good points. Like the first thing I thought of is like when, when somebody is having a moment and we want to calm them down, like that's our own fear, right? Like that's our own, like, we got to make this situation. Okay but that's not actually good for the other person, right? Like, because then you're actually telling them, like it's another evidence for them that it's not okay to have those emotions, put them back in the trap door. Right. Which you can't feel because that's going to make me feel and I don't want to feel. Yes. Yes. And then that starts a story on their end, a story on your end. (laughs) Right. And I think (laughs) totally, I think the biggest, one of the things that come to mind is when somebody passes, when somebody dies, you, do we know what to do? Mm. We want to know what to do. When in reality, I just, now I just hug and halt and let them know I'm here if they choose, if they need in whatever capacity they find helpful. Yeah. But just holding them and letting them feel that I care without having to say anything, I think is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Because saying it's going to be okay there's no, there's no help to that. Right. Because then their brain goes, is it going to be okay? I don't, you know, like then you're like contradicting their emotions in a way. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's so much wrapped up into emotions, but at the same time, it's so simple. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's just feel them. Feel like it's just, it is so simple. Like feel your emotions, be aware of your emotions. Um, you know, the other day I was, um, I woke up and I was just like in one of those cranky moods, you know, like I was just like, not cranky, but I like restless. I had, you know, I started the thought spiral and my body was just like, I just wanted to cry. I had no reason. It wasn't like I was triggered by anything. I just woke up like this and I found myself fighting it. I was like, no, you have to go write a blog, a, a Instagram post and you have to go do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. And my body was like, no, like, you just kind of need to go have an emotion right now. And the more and more I become aware of it, the more and more I was like, okay, you need a timeout, like go lay in bed and go have your timeout, allow yourself to have the emotions, but you can't move. And I, I, it's it, again, it takes awareness. It takes the practice of it. But now I know I can't take action from a place where I'm in that emotion because it's just going to create more, it stirs up more emotion. It stirs up more chaos and uncomfortability and, and the, you know, freak out. And then, then it goes into the mindset spiral. And it's just, I right. think a lot of us live from that place though, because we live in a society that's go, 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 hit your goals. Your success is based on X, Y, Z. You know, you have to have a successful relationship and the relationship has to look like this. And and there's so much, so you're always in like, I have to fix it. I have to do it. I have to take action. I have to live outside myself. And there's no room for the human experience in it all. Right. And I think you just summed up like the answer to life and changing this reality and the negativity and all the things that we find so daunting in the world right now is the more we manage ourselves the more we can understand and take time to manage our internal reality, we're shifting everyone around us mm -hmm. because we're just one piece of the puzzle. If we shift, other things have to shift. And you waking up like that, I have so many days like that I'm because I'm human, you know, everyone does. But I think of it as pig pen. You know, we have an energetic field around us. And when you wake up like that, I feel like it's pig pen yeah. and not Charlie Brown, you know? <laughs> I know what you're and, talking about. <laughs> And um, it's like that energetic field isn't just affecting you. If you write a post, that energy is in that post. Mm -hmm. If you go to the store, people are feeling that emotion that you are experiencing, but they're going to have their own story about why you're looking at them that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's so important to take the time to manage self and then go back into the world and give your best self. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, everything is like a domino. I, I think of us all as a tapestry. We're all interconnected. And like what we have going on in here, we reflect out into there and then it reflects out and it reflects out and it becomes like the light you're putting out there. I'm like, what do you want to put out there? Because that's right. when like, you know, when you're having a bad day, one thing goes wrong and you're like, this day sucks. And then all of a sudden you get into a car accident and then you like forget something, you spill your coffee. And like, all of a sudden it's like a chain reaction of bad stuff because you're, you're, you keep moving into the world with bad stuff, with that energy. Instead of having a moment going, you know, go back to bed, get up on the right, right side of the bed kind of thing. Like take a moment, right. something bad happened. Instead of you saying today's going to be a bad day go sit down, do something to nurture yourself and then start over as opposed to going out and then bring it to your coworkers and bringing it to your family members. And then everybody else is having a bad day. 
Right, right. And it's so important that the shifts and changes that I've made, I'm so grateful for because they've not only made me um, a better wife, a better mother, but I can rest knowing that I am happy with me, Mm. that I'm okay with me. And that changes how I show up to the world and how I give love, you know, and how I show that I care. I'm no longer needing others to fill me. You know, I've plugged all the holes in my own buckets. Yeah. So that when I'm filled, I'm filled and I overflow to others. And that change has done so much for me because when I have an interaction with a child, I have teenagers. So when, (laughs) when they're prickly, um, I can understand when I'm triggered and I can take a step back and go to my own timeout, take some time in my room to work through, manage myself before I then interact with them because heaven knows they have enough in their world right now as teenagers and social media and phones and high school and all of that. They don't need a mom who has her own emotions projected on them or reactions making them feel bad or, you know, so it's, it's just amazing some people think and feel and culturally in certain religions or races or um, areas of the country, it's like a selfish thing Mm -hmm. to take time for you, to manage you, to work on you. And ultimately it's going to do nothing but better everyone and everything around you. Yeah. Because they're going to have less traumatic experiences that they have to heal when they're young. Yeah. And the power that comes from, um, I just wrote a post a couple of days ago. My husband triggered me. I was super emotional. I was angry. This is wherein I was explaining, uh, anger covering my hurts, mm-hmm. but the power that comes from turning back over in bed before I go to sleep and thanking him for triggering me so that I could see what I needed to see mm, I love that. or telling my children, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of emotion right now. I'm going to go figure this out. And then I'm going to come back when I'm a little more clear so that I can have time and space for you as you need me. You know, it's, it's teaching them that this isn't yours. This is mine. And I'm going to go take care of it so that then I can be my best self when I come back. Yeah. I love that analogy you did, like plugging the holes, because when you are struggling when you have trauma when you're holding all of that stuff it it, you do have these holes that you try to fill with some people do it with drugs or alcohol some people do it with validation with toxic relationships like you start to you just try to get the validation you try to from the outside world like I want to feel better I want to feel better I want to feel approved and validated and loved so I'm going to plug it and sometimes we're not even aware with what we're plugging it with right we're just trying to whatever is going to make me feel better in the moment but when you heal those, you don't have the plugs anymore. You don't need the plugs anymore. You're basically right. whole, right? You don't need the validation. You don't need people to love you. You can just step forward. And, and I also love what you said about, you know, when, when you can step back and say, hey, I'm having a moment, having some emotions, I'm going to go do this thing. When you do show back up, 
you do have more time and space for the other people in your life because you're right. not also trying to work through your emotions at the same time. Also, your mind's not full of all that other crap that's <laughs> spiraling around in there because of the emotion. You're now completely, okay, now I, I have this space. I'm going to be present for you. Right. And the same analogy with the bucket, the more we plug our holes, we become less human doings, mm -hmm. right? Because we try to fill, try to be busy, try to validate, try to earn worth by doing. The more we fill those holes, the less we try to do more mm -hmm. and we're more able to be present and be the human beings, like enjoy nature, enjoy the moment of your children playing or watching an interaction, my oldest daughter and my youngest is like, it brings me to tears all the time because it's just the sweetest thing. And um, I never was able to enjoy motherhood or being a parent or being a wife. When I was in the state of, you know, clinical depression and anxiety and panic, like it's shifted my whole reality. And this world that I live in is not the world that I was born into because now my capacity to just live is yeah. greater than any other time in my life. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've noticed this, you know, been an entrepreneur for seven years and I work with entrepreneurs and, you know, sometimes in the entrepreneurial world, we break it down very simply, like your fears and your beliefs and blah, blah, blah. But I, what I realized was that, you know, a lot of women aren't actually enjoying what they're creating, right? They have this dream on their heart. They want to go out after it, but they're not actually enjoying it because they're trying to fill those holes with, well, if I do this strategy, if I take this course, I'll feel better. I'll feel qualified. If I find this strategy, I'll feel successful when it works because I don't feel successful without it. If I do this, it, I'll feel successful. I'll fill this hole. I'll fill this hole. So a lot of women are out there trying to fill their holes at the same time as doing something that's part of their dream. And they actually don't enjoy it because they're not doing the mindset, the healing, the nervous system, the, like the healing work first. And if they did that, took a moment, you know, and created the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the habits, right? Of doing that work, then they can fully enjoy. I mean, and it's not even just entrepreneurs. It's, you know, humans in general. They're not actually enjoying life because they think the next thing is going to make them feel better, is going to heal them. If I have more money, then I will be successful and people will like me more and I won't feel like a failure. And and it's just, we, we're kind of wasting life in a way because yeah. we're not actually living life. Yeah. And the it's funny you bring up money because... Um, Money is a lot like other things. It's power, right? But it's just a magnifier. So anyone who gets more money in not the best healed space, they're just going to project and magnify the worst parts of themselves, yeah. you know? And yeah. so it's not the money that's ever bad. Money's just a tool. It's just a magnifier. Yeah. And um, so is any positions, any political positions, any social media, you know, like influencer. Uh, it's just going to magnify basically what's inside. Yeah. Well, and because then you get the thing you wanted and you realize it didn't fix you. And now what? Because there's not a more, there's not something else because this didn't fix it. So now what do you do? Yeah. 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 
Yeah. <laughs> this is such a good conversation. I think we just need to have more of it. It's, you know, we humans need to understand how to be human. I always laugh. I'm like, we were born naked. We didn't come with a manual. And I feel like the universe was like, figure it out. We gave you all the tools and we're out here not using any of the tools. Like literally our breath, like is the tool. Like the universe is like, we're giving you breath. Right. It's the, it keeps you alive. Hint, hint, do more with it. And how many of us go about our day shallow breathing, forgetting mm-hmm. to breathe, get into the state. And all of a sudden, like people like take a deep breath and all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I didn't even realize my shoulders are up here. Right. I'm tense. And it's like, take a deep breath and you're like, oh my gosh. Like the yeah. relaxation. It's interesting when I meditate, I notice it's on the exhale that I connect and I hear the universe. Mm-hmm. It's not on the inhale. It's literally on the exhale is when it's like the loudest, when it's, li- you know, literally there's no stress in my body. There's nothing. It's like, okay, there's nothing there. Here's, you know, you've released yeah. it all. Here's what I can now give you to fill it in. You bring up a great point, like with the whole breath, because in this life, your breath is the only thing you can control. Mm-hmm. the only thing mm-hmm. and therein lies the power right you can regulate your nervous system you can get yourself out of fight or flight just from breath alone um you mentioned shallow breathing that's a state of fight or flight mm-hmm. and you have nerve endings in the lower lobes of your lungs that trigger the parasympathetic nervous system so you can change what side of the brain you're on in just by your breath alone. And you can work with what you're experiencing in order to like, I, I teach people um, a breath pattern to work with their anxiety to work out that adrenaline, right? Because you have adrenaline coursing through your veins. And sometimes it's hard to just go from adrenaline to a deep breathe. So it's working with that, you know, using a breath that's more activating, working out that adrenaline and then shifting into a slower heart coherence breath or something that does engage those lower lungs little by little, gradually getting deeper. Um, and it's, it's the most beautiful thing in the world because we do have this tool of breath to help us not only work through the emotions of life and process through the experiences, but it's also to manage our inner reality, our inner pharmacy yeah. that's then regulating. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 It's interesting because it does, right? It taps into literally our inner workings, our, our adrenal system, it, it, the organs, the nervous system, you know, our everything, everything. Yeah. It's like literally the internal drug is breath. Yep. And um, the more you can understand the breath and utilize it, the better you can then manage your mind mm-hmm. because your thoughts create the, your, your brain is the pharmacy, right? But your nervous system can be regulated to be the pharmacy if that's yeah. the pattern. So um, it's like the more you can understand and get a grasp and manage one, the other kind of follows suit and it becomes easier to then manage whole self. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I wish, I hope more and more people start to embrace this type of work. Cause I feel like as a, as a world, 
as an earth, <laughs> as a human race, I think, I think we'd be calmer. I think we'd care about other people more. I think we'd have more space to care about other people more. I think we'd have more time to enjoy life more. I think we'd be healthier if we learned how to how to be human. I mean, this is basically human 101. We're not really taught human 101. We're taught capitalism 101. <laughs> We're not really taught how to use this that we were given, this whole body. We're not taught what our nervous system does. We're not taught about energy. We're not, we're taught from a such a very tangible, earthly, goal-oriented, outcome-driven place where all of that would be so much easier if, yeah. if we understood, if we actually understood our own bodies that we live in every day. Yeah. And it's the simplicity of um, looking at your internal reality instead of allowing everything on the outside, mm -hmm. looking to everything on the outside in order to fill the inside. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely a movement of self-actualization, realization, understanding, mastery, um, whether it's plant medicine, meditation, breath work, these are all very much on the up and coming. And there's a lot of studies that are coming out with um, psychedelics in mm -hmm complete healing with mental illness. And uh, I just, I love the work. I'm a proponent for whatever you're open to. Um, and there are so many options that that's what I live for is allowing others to see not only my transformation, but helping them to understand there are answers and you don't have to live the way you're living because I didn't believe that there was an option for healing. I just felt I was going to be managing myself with medication the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So coming from a space of, I haven't had any medication in over three years and I am living more happy and more whole than I ever have. Like I'm living my dream. Yeah. And I want that for everyone else. Yeah. It's amazing. The work you do is amazing. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you you were here to share it because I think, you know, having a platform to talk about it and to open, you know, even if only a couple of hundred people see this podcast episode, right? There's a couple of hundred people that have those aha moments or have this knowledge now and can go explore. And I think that's important to bring up too, is like breathwork might not be for you. EFT might not be for you. Like it might be for you. It might be something meditation might be for you. Like, but to explore each one, to find yeah. what brings you back to center and what makes you feel m more healed and just uh, living a better life and a happier life and reconnecting yeah. to you and putting you first. Yeah, I <laughs> I could go on for days. <laughs> when you say it's not for you, the one. One thing I would agree with you on that is plant medicine. I don't believe it is for everybody, no. but those that are open to it, yes, it's for them. Yeah. So with everything else, breath work, EFT, tapping, counseling, um, breath work, you know, so many different modalities, understanding why it's not for you, right? Therein lies the resistance and the the discomfort yeah. meditation wasn't for me the first year that I did it either because it's overcoming that first 20 minutes of like oh my fighting myself 
And, but it becomes easier the more you make it a practice, the more you understand yourself and sit with yourself, the easier it gets. Like it's a process. So yes, everything is for everybody, but our thresholds and our capacities. Yes. If we're patient enough with ourselves to see them raise and to see them shift and just be open to the experience, yeah, you're going to get better. <laughs> well, sometimes it's an evolution, right? You start with the one with least resistance. So for mm. me, I started with EFT or rapid relief technique, and that is my go-to, right? And then as that became like, then I adjusted enough. I evolved enough to be open to breath work. Right. Yeah. And then I still have some resistance to breath work because it makes me very un- physically uncomfortable. Like I can't get comfortable. It's I'm hard to do. And wiggling and yes. every time. And I want it a lot. There's yeah. that resistance every time. Yeah. But, you know, it's something I'll continue to do because I know my body will evolve and crave it. Meditation, actually, meditation was the first thing. I always do meditation. Meditation is my, my big one. But, um, but it again, yeah, didn't take, it took, that was my gateway drug <laughs> meditation really hard to, to do at first, but I just started with Kundalini yoga, which is very meditative and breath work. So that was my blessing in, in college. Actually, I wanted to start yoga, but there was nowhere to do yoga. And I was going to a musical theater school and they had Kundalini yoga and I had no idea what I was getting myself into my like, it's yoga. Sure. And that was a lot of deep breath of fire, you know, I forget all the breathing. And I was like, what is this? Like, and then when I went to regular yoga, like regular yoga, I'm like, where's the breathing? <laughs> Why are we not breathing? But I didn't know that was breath work. I just thought that was yoga. That's what you did in yoga. And then I got into meditation from yoga and yeah, it spiraled into, okay, I, I can feel the difference. And I think the, again, following the feeling tells you so much. Yeah. And setting up a daily practice that serves you to get you in that best state of being. Yeah. And then so that you can go from that space to move through your day. Always yeah. tapping into your beginning of the day that you set yourself up with, um, whether it's priming, breath work, meditation. Um, it's just powerful to be able to set the day. Yeah. In a great space. Yeah. Actually, for me, it's the end of the day. I can't mm. do it in the morning. For me, I crave it at the end of the day. It's so weird. I know everybody's like morning routine and I'm like evening routine. <laughs> it works for you. I just I need that to set up my day. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the beauty. Once you start to get to know yourself, you get mm-hmm. to know where you need it the most and where it, it, where to impact you the most. Well, and it's all about working with yourself. Yes. Just not fighting forced. ourselves. We don't, yeah, yeah, no fighting. <laughs> I tried that, uh, the miracle morning for a while. And I'm like, listen, all the respect to all the people that do that miracle morning. But I, I just, my grandfather used to be the one that always knew he used to yell at the family. She doesn't, she's not a morning person. Stop talking to her. <laughs> I just like growl at people in the morning. Cause I just need, I, for me, I don't need, I'm no, I can't meditate, but I just need to just adjust to life when I wake up. <laughs> And then I can go about my day, but it doesn't involve human interaction or anything that is forced. It just is. Sometimes it's just watching TV in the morning until I have that jolt of, okay, I can do life today. (laughs) I can do it. I can, I can, I can enter the world. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone moves through life so differently. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for joining today. This was so educational, informative, just a great conversation. Um, let us know where everyone can follow you. Yeah. So um, it's Heidi Romer on Facebook at the Heidi Romer on Instagram and uh, heal at Heidi Romer.com for the email and then just Heidi Romer.com for the website. Awesome. Awesome. And do you have, what kind of uh, offers like programs do you have? Yes. So in working with my clients, I kind of shifted the last couple of months. I created this, um, I call it a breathwork immersion and it's specific for those people, the women who are where I used to be. They're just done not having any answers. They're sick of life. They are ready for that shift. So it's 30 days of breath work twice a week, and that is full support. So they have me at their fingertips um, because I believe in helping them work through in the moment to then teach them how to manage self in a triggered state because I don't want them to rely on me, right? This is all about teaching them and helping them to move through life on their own. Um, so then they get the bonus, they get uh, the breathwork recordings to then breathe in between. And then also I record three of their choice on intention for afterwards. So that's 30 days of support, two breathworks a week. And um, that is in the link. But then there's also... I love being able to continue the work because the breath work is like the momentum builder. It's yeah. a, seeing a, a quick change in a short amount of time. And then to continue for three months working weekly and fully supported, it then helps to implement the integration part and the consistency of the changing of the neuronal connections and the nervous system. And it really sets them up for lifelong change and also finding how they work and managing self and understanding self in such a way that it's a lot easier to move through life and then continue on their healing um, moving forward after working with me. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. And I'll put the information, um, in the description of the podcast as well below. So everybody, everybody can have access to it. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation. I am so glad you're here. So glad we met. <laughs> Um, and I'm, I'm hoping this has been helpful. If you have any questions, definitely shoot Heidi, uh, an email or reach out to her on Instagram. Um, definitely go follow her. She has some great videos. Um, her reels are fantastic. She has great stories. Her posts are definitely, um, educational and inspirational. So thank you all so much for joining and we will see you next time. Bye. Hi there! If you're ready to be the woman that has all she desires, if you want to become untethered to the fears and limiting beliefs holding you back from taking action and showing up in your business, if you find yourself caught in a spiral of negative thoughts taking up valuable time and energy, thoughts such as, I'm not good enough, my family won't approve, what if no one buys, I'm not worthy enough, what if I raise my prices and no one, no one joins my programs, 
I don't know enough. What if I fail? Maybe success isn't meant for me or any other limiting belief or fear, then Breakthrough is perfect for you. Breakthrough is a two-week one-on-one coaching experience with me where we dive into identifying and working through all that is keeping you from your next level breakthrough in your business. This is where we rewire your thoughts so you embody the beliefs, the thoughts, and the actions that'll bring you to your next level success and dream. Breakthrough includes one 90-minute call with me, plus two weeks of Voxer app coaching where you have access to me each day during the two weeks for coaching and support. So if you're ready for your next level breakthrough, click the link in the podcast description and let's get started.